Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Talking Shirt! Shirt Show! Shirt, All right, episode 12 of Shirt Show. We're talking with Chris from SNS in Chicago. Let's go! What's happening? Not too much. Ready for a Friday. That's right. Ready Same here. Go. Yeah, where are you at, actually? You look like you're in a downtown loft somewhere. Are you in New York? No. I'm in my uh, home office with a good background. <laughs> That's a green screen? That's a fake background? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this is a fake background here, too, for me. I've got, yeah. um, like, a shop on top of... They, just, they have those available, screen printing shops. I just chose that. I don't know why Dylan didn't. Mm-hmm. Dylan chose something. What did you choose? Drywall. I'm, I like carpentry. <laughs> yeah, the contractor's background. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. That makes sense. You just have a, you just have a wood wall with a TV. That's just a TV of people working in a screen. Right. Yeah. It's shop. just a just a flat screen TV. Yeah. On a on a plywood wall. <laughs> exactly. So are are all of uh, the SNS reps working from home? Yes, we're all working from home. We've been working from home since uh, March sixth. So it's been a while, uh, you know, as soon as this uh, started uh, coming around and we had uh, our sales meeting in Chicago, we basically shut down March 6th on uh, travel. So uh, all of us have been working at home and working virtually, uh, limited appointments since the third week in June. Um, but in most cases, people are not willing to take an in-person appointment at the time. Yeah. So. Yeah, we definitely missed out on ours this spring. Um, I will will say there are three things that are super important when you start a business. So you got to have a banker, got to have an accountant, and you got to have legal. But there's a fourth thing if you have a shirt shop, and that is an account rep. And that's (laughs) you. And every year, twice a year, I think, sometimes more, you come by, unload your car with racks of stuff, Mm-hmm. and uh and put on a demo of like what is what's what's new and what's happening and what's coming and what's available and, and things like that and so we we haven't had that and i miss it and so i was thinking we were talking the other day and i was like well why don't we do a zoom call where we i don't know if we can pull that off i mean imagine we could you know you'd just be in a i don't know where you do it you could do it in that loft space you got right there <laughs> <laughs> But really, have you done that with anyone? And if so, um, let's start it. You know, if you haven't, yeah, let's figure it out. We're starting to get out and uh, do that. We're putting tools together. We've got a, a great marketing team behind us and we're getting everything together and we'll be doing that very soon. Um, we just wanted to do it when it was put together as a full package. And uh, we've got the whole team behind us right now working on that. So uh, we're doing a lot of new updates and you're going to see them soon. Okay. Well, uh, Dylan, do you, do you ever do that kind of thing? Or what, is, what do you do with as far as looking for new like, things that are coming out or stuff that, you know, t-shirts you want, colors, whatever it is? Usually what I'll do is I'll, I'll get a hold of my rep or I'll just order a bunch of stuff. Um, most of the time I'll end up just ordering it myself because it's like randomly when I think about that I actually want to look at it. Um, and I'll do the same thing. Like I'll get it in my size, I'll take it home, I'll wash it, I'll wear it around. I have like a, not really a weird body type, but I have like a really long torso. So for me, the importance of stuff is like, like I really like a tight neck, like I hate, I hate a loose neck. And then like, I need the length. 
So I don't want to have to like raise my arms and like do a belly dance for people. So it's a good thing. Uh, it's a good thing. This is the t-shirt industry. Cause we learned about your bottom section la- a couple right. of episodes. Just gonna last episode. Yeah. We know, we know, we learned about your butt last time. Now we got your top half. So, right. okay. Right. Okay, cool. Really long torso, short legs. So like I'm six, let's, let's just do this. So I'm, <laughs> I'm six two, but I wear a 30 length jean. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So tough man to fit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have tiny little legs and long torso. So do you get tall t-shirts or does a normal like no, no, I just try to get the shirts that are like you know, like an inch, inch and a half longer than like a standard tee. And then you do like me when you pull it out of the drawer, you stretch it tall, you stretch the bottom. Yeah, I try to like pull it down. Yeah, that's me. I do the stretch on the front and then I turn around the back and stretch it longer. Yeah, now like being like my age, I've gotten to the point where I'm just comfortable. And you probably, every time you've seen me, I have like a, like a short sleeve button up on. Like that's like my get up now. So I found a shirt that fits good as an undershirt. And I'll, what I'll do, because I'm a screen printer, I'll just order myself like 20. I'll take them home. I cut all the sleeves off. And then I wear those as an undershirt. And then I just have like 100 fucking button-ups that I'll just like put on over every single day. So the button-up is more than long enough to cover everything. And then the t-shirt's comfortable underneath. That's fresh. Yeah. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Well, Chris, how did you how did you get started in this industry? What were... Um, let's see. Initially, I started in this industry as a screen printer and embroidery uh, company in Columbia, Missouri. So this is many moons ago. We're going back over 28 years uh, and started uh, working with customers firsthand and experiencing, you know, their challenges, their tribulations of uh, being smaller businesses. Um, and we dealt with Greek organizations, we dealt with, uh, nonprofits and a whole slew of different things. It was in a college town down at Mizzou. And it was quite a great, uh, experience for the foundation of this business because I kind of felt that when I came to market on this end, I really understood where the printers and decorators were coming from because I had experienced myself for over four years. So, uh, after I uh, left that uh, arena, a uh, vendor of mine, St. Louis Tees, that was a sister company of s uh, was a vendor of mine and invited me to come down for a job interview one day. And uh, I said, you know, if I move to St. Louis, I'll consider that. And shortly after graduation at Mizzou, I moved to St. Louis and started working with St. Louis Tees. And uh, it's been very interesting. Andy and I met early on. He was working out of his house in his garage with the first time I met him. So we go back a long ways and, uh, we've seen a lot of growth between both of us and a lot of changes in this industry and, uh, so many familiar faces, you know, throughout the Midwest because I've covered between eight States to now I have about, um, you know, half of Missouri and, uh, about that bottom half of Illinois. So, uh, it's been really nice to be able to deal with the same customer base for pretty much 28 plus years on the uh, wholesale side. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, those are relationships that you have with so many people here in St. Louis. And like you said, your territory, it's awesome. I remember, I haven't heard St. Louis tees in so long. You just mentioned that. It's, it's so weird. I remember pulling up 
we we didn't back then when we when I first started I didn't I didn't get free shipping I didn't have enough whatever orders to get free shipping or I never heard of free shipping I didn't even know that was a thing maybe it wasn't back then so we paid for shipping so I had this idea I'd order my orders and then I'd go to the St Louis Tees had a pickup and I would drive through traffic forty five minutes or whatever. And then get there in my Honda Accord and have too many boxes to, to fit in there. And so I would unbox nearly everything and then throw, put t-shirts piled in my car, sweatshirts, whatever it was, piled in my car, unboxed, and then save the boxes because I had to box them back up when I got home. And so I would, I would un, uh, what's it called? I would, you know, flatten the boxes and then put them on top, like literally. Sometimes I had my kid in the car seat and I would just put them on top of him. <laughs> and so, and then make the drive back home. Super but, safe. Re- yeah, really safe. Real safe. <laughs> it's like his car didn't come off the ground with the, the cardboard on <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, so what, how, how, how did free shipping even, when was that? How did that come about? It came about five years into my history in wholesale. Um, it was really unusual when I first came in the market in the wholesale side of things, there were really no traveling reps. So nowadays you think about, you probably have a rep that calls on you either from an inside sales or outside sales, but there were no reps. Um, so the type of rep you saw might've been Majestic or maybe Sophie or a licensed company. Uh, so that was very unusual at the time. And then uh, after a while, other people started coming on and you would see reps from other companies. But it, uh, I would say about five years into it, the free shipping came up and it became a thing to be more competitive as there were more reps out in the field uh, vying for each customer's business on the screen print embroidery side. The one thing that was always weird to me when, and we don't really have it anymore because we kind of like, this was years ago where we got rid of it, but it used to be funny to me how you got free shipping. And I, I don't know if this was with you guys or not, but with like, I was using Bodic and Rhodes at the time, back when that was a thing. And uh, they would always not, they would always charge you free on white tees. It was always funny because like you would order like $2,000 worth of stuff, but they would charge you freight on white tees. Yeah. If you got two white tees, you paid freight on two white tees. Yeah. <laughs> and they were in I the always box. thought that was, always thought that was the stupidest the- thing. Yeah. They're in with everything else. It's yeah. just because white tees were cheaper. Mm. They were like, well, if these, we're going to give you this discount on white tees, we're going to charge you shipping. It's like, mm. That's stupid. That makes no sense to me at all. It's also interesting too, is when I know when I first started working with Andy, the, you know, a t-shirt price that back in that time for like a 50, 50 for the loom was $2 and 35 cents. And think of where that price has went now. So when all of those uh, prices, um, you know, started coming down with importing and more vendors becoming available, um, that's kind of where freight freight kind of entered at that point in time. So all the margin kind of collapsed on white. So they were, you know, using it as a loss leader, probably selling at one to two percent on a white tee at that time. And uh, they just didn't get free freight on white because it ended up being a negative margin on every order. So that's kind of where that started. Isn't it crazy how it's shifted? Because you just mentioned Fruit of Loom. And I remember now everything's just like it's kind of a Gildan world or whatever, Bella Canvas uh, world. Back when I started, you said Fruit of Loom was Fruit of Loom best. Best, mm-hmm. it actually said best on the label or Screen Stars. Screen Stars, uh, screen stars best. The, what was Screen big, Stars? That was that Fruit of Loom? Yes, it was Fruit of Loom, but they had a Screen Stars 100% shirt and a 50 50 shirt back then. It was kind of like what we would see as a, a Gildian 64,000 nowadays, you know, a real light 
comfortable shirt, but uh, it's funny. I go to a shop down in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and he has one hanging in his showroom, and it's kind of interesting to see that shirt because it's the only place I've seen it in 20 years. I want one. I need a, I need a Screen Stars best and a, and a FOL best. Yeah. So how are things going currently? Like, we're... Um, I know you said you're working from home, but but what's uh, what's going on with SNS currently? Basically, uh, SNS has done a, I think, a very good job uh, handling this situation. You know, it's uh, we're very fortunate to work for SNS. The owners of our company are extremely invested in their employees uh, and staff uh, from the ground up, and. Uh, they were behind us all the way and I can't thank them enough. Um, there's been no furloughs or layoffs at SNS at any point. And we employ over 3000 people at six facilities. So it's truly amazing. Um, I think, uh, you know, during this whole uh, collapse of COVID, we'll call it, um, you know, beginning in early March, we just didn't know what to expect. I think on our mind and everybody else we were speaking to, we expected this to be you know, three to six weeks and we'll probably be out of this in the clear. And, you know, you start out at the beginning of the year, you're having a phenomenal year. All your customers are having a phenomenal year and you get uh, three months into the year and the back half of the third month, you know, in March, uh, turns into 50% down and you were double digit growth to that point. So it's a total different set of circumstances. Um, and the way I think we kind of saw it was a kind of like a bomb blast going off. You know, um, those first few weeks, I would say three or four weeks, it's like everybody had a concussion. It's like, uh, what do I do? What's my name? What's, what's my job? Do I have my business? How do I turn the lights on? What, you know, what's the next steps? Um, just a lot of confusion. So we really found ourselves in the consultant role, role and really talking to customers on the phone very frequently and trying to offer services and you know let them know SNS is here. What do you need? How can we help you? Um, and there was a lot of conversations like that in those first several weeks, and they were extremely hard, very emotional both ways, and it was very challenging. It's not like anything I've ever seen in this industry. Um, let's say after that, uh, you know, we, we started seeing slowly come come back in in the market and in business. Uh, you know, the first round of all products were PPE that everybody saw, or um, face mask and things along those lines. And there was very limited options and it was very confusing because people couldn't find them. They couldn't see them. They didn't know where it was out. You're trying to sell a product you've never seen touched or field. Uh, so it was really confusing. Um, you know, and uh, I think if your phone rang at all, if you had 12 calls in a day, 10 of them for, were for masks that you had never seen, didn't know anything about, didn't know how to compare them, didn't know what the expectation was in the marketplace. So there was a lot of confusion. Um, didn't, even, as, didn't even know how to print them if they were. Right, didn't know how to print them, you never see them. So it was very confusing. Um, and then once things started opening up again, you know, it's kind of gotten to the point I would see in June where, you know, maybe if you got 12 calls, 10 of them were apparel again. So it felt a lot more comfortable and what we're used to. Um, but things have been very, very, you know, challenging and SNS has really stepped up to the challenge. Uh, you know, by not 
uh, laying people off or having those furloughs, our team remained together. So it'd be like you taking your Stanley Cup team to the playoffs and winning the Stanley Cup. And then next year coming back, you know, uh, trading all your best players and starting over or you're going through with that same team with a really good chance of winning it again. That's and, exactly that's exactly uh, how I th- I thought the whole during yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. I think Dylan you you were sort of this, similar to that. You know, do you yeah. furlough everybody and then maybe they go somewhere else or may, or who knows how to bring them back and who do you bring back? And you or, can't. That's the problem, you know. A lot of people you might get 50% of them back. So it was very um, and I think we've kind of weathered that storm and things are coming back uh, slowly, um, very, um, you know, kind of calculated each month. We, you know, we feel pretty good about what's happening now. I think our customers are starting to see some additional business, not just PPE business, uh, which I think is important. PPE is going to be here to stay. So, um, you know, it's going to be a part of the business, but until you see that core business start to come back, you, you really have to pivot. And that would be my suggestion to people is, you know, do something new. SNS pivoted. We've spent a lot of time, energy, and resources on updating, you know, things inside our catalog, our electronic tools, our electronic catalogs, our marketing, uh, creating all sorts of customer tools that are really focused on the customers. And those things have helped us. And we've got a lot of new product rolling in where a lot of people shut down. So uh, I think we're at an advantage right now. I think the one thing that like most of the printers really want to know right now, and I don't know how much insight you have on it, is just like shortages issues. Okay. Uh, can you shed any light on like what's going on? Are a lot of the dish, like a lot of the manufacturers just not producing right now, or is everything like months away from like being restocked? Or how do you feel that stuff's going? In my opinion, right now, you're at a challenging spot. Um, basically, most of our manufacturers that, that are in wholesale channel, and I'm saying that would be predominantly using a trade brand such as Gildy and Fruit, Bella Canvas, people that use those brands, a lot of those are manufactured in Central America. And basically what happened is they were under probably the hardest lockdowns almost until the first week of July. So there was no production at all in that area. Um, because of that, their production has been offline since March. So you have March, April, May, June, July with zero production. Um, and what's happened is basically now you flip the switch on, you've got to bring your team back in and start from, you know, point zero and get your facility and your employees up to full capacity. Um, internally, I think we think that we're going to see shortages. We're going to see delays in delivery running through probably December of this year. So it's going to be really difficult, I think, getting <laughs> stuck in this period. Um, I can tell you internally, you know, we're buying as much product as we possibly can. They've got orders from us. Um, we're trying to get as much as we can, but it is challenging for these vendors. So in all honesty, I think you're probably looking through November, December before it loosens up. Um, so that some sucks. of that that um, sucks so bad. <laughs> no, I rather know the situation. And no, I know. Yeah, than planning I, on being good, you know, for back to school period, and it's gonna yeah. Be- like yeah, I know it's not. I know it's not SNS's fault. I mean, it's the same with like everybody right now. It's just like for me as a business owner, like one of my jobs is like ordering the goods, like ordering mm-hmm. blanks and stuff, and it's literally the most stressful 
part of my day right yeah. now. We literally, uh, yesterday, uh, two days ago, filled an order from six vendors. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, because it's not like that SNS doesn't have them in close to us nearby at Chicago and Kansas City or whatever. They just don't have them at all. And so we went down the list, so had logged in to six different vendors to fill this order and, and actually did fill. I think we still are short. I want to say maybe a few on one size, but well, that's, part, what you, the, that's what people are doing now. The hard part is, is not only do you have to get it from six vendors, but they're like, okay, one's in California, one's in Texas, mm-hmm. one's here and here. And you're like, okay, like in a perfect world, like a normal non-COVID, you'd be like, okay, like it's coming from California. It'll be here in five days. Now it's like, not only do you have to get it in five days, but UPS is also like, it's COVID time. And they're like, yeah, whenever it gets there, it gets there. Actually, the uh, is we talked about that a little bit too, about UPS yeah. and what's going on with that with you guys. Can you, can you tell us about that? Yeah, this is kind of important. You know, uh, the SNS uh, ships out of six uh, strategically placed locations and we've been given a cap by UPS of how many boxes that we can ship per day uh, ground shipment. So if you can imagine what that's like, let's say the the daily numbers, you know, 50,000 boxes, and I have no clue what that is, but let's say it's 50,000. Imagine at four o'clock you're at 45,000 and you still have an hour left to ship that day out of six locations. So we're trying to find levers to pull to get your order shipped same day. And maybe UPS is the one day zone that our person to you. FedEx is a two day and USPS might be three to five days. But in order to get your order out the door, we might have to use an alternate carrier at four o'clock in the afternoon. It's just, it's an impossible task that our IT department has been given and they've done a very good job of juggling but UPS has dictated how many boxes they'll pick up. And then after that, we're out of luck. We need to find another carrier or it sits there till the next day. Um, why, why are they doing that? Do you know? Carrier, they can't necessarily get it there next day that we had with UPS's commitment. So now you have a double-edged sword. The reason why is because the capacity that all transportation companies are facing is like Black Friday every day, okay? So everybody's buying online. They're buying small orders. They're sitting at home loading up Amazon. If I go down my street, everybody's got six boxes on their porch from Amazon. You know, a lot of those are coming UPS. Then you look at everybody doing online stores. So now I've got, you know, 40 boxes a day coming to a decorator with one piece in them, 12 pieces in them, six pieces in them. So that order count goes through the roof and it causes a very difficult problem because some of our facilities may one day, let's say they had a thousand orders going out, the next day they got 12,000 orders going out. How do you staff for it? It's just, it creates a lot of, a lot of headaches uh, internally trying to deal with it. And we're lucky we have the IT team that we do. Um, and it creates a lot of shipping problems. And then all of these carriers get all of this, uh, um, shipments into their location and Earth City being a great, you know, huge hub for UPS in St. Louis, they've got tractors sitting in the yard that they haven't even checked in. They've got more tractors than they can pull in and check on a daily basis. And that's just a small sh- snapshot. So, you know, the thing right now is be patient, uh, be honest with your customer and don't overpromise. you know, I, uh, extra time because as soon as you commit to a time frame, it seems like it bites you in the rear end. So, I have a solution. I think yeah. I got it here. Can you talk to SNS today 
mm-hmm. about opening up St. Louis teas again. <laughs> and that way, screw it. I'm just going to go pick up. I'll, I'll unbox everything just like before, put it in my car. Doesn't matter. Hey, you love get it. At least I'll get it that day. <laughs> that was like one of the best things about when I was in Georgia is we were right near, I mean, as a competitor to you, but we were right near TSC. So it was like, we could just drive like a half hour, pick up the orders in the van and bring them back. Like, I think that would be amazing right now. Like, cause I'm sure every printer has been in this situation. Like this doesn't have anything to do with SNS, but like you get to that point once in a while where you forgot about an order exactly, or something got messed up and you're like, fuck, now I got to go to Michael's. <laughs> I got to buy like everything they have for like $4 a piece. And then it's like, all right, Michael's didn't have it. Let's go to Joanne's. Joanne's doesn't have it. Let's go to Walmart. Dude, that sucks. I remember when, uh, when St. Louis Tees was here, there was a two hour uh, pickup yeah. delay. Like you would place your order and you would have to wait two hours or whatever, but I'd get there at one hour and I'd act like it was going to be ready. And they're like, oh, you got to wait. And you'd kind of do what you can. Like, hey, please, you'd beg for it just to get it quicker. But yeah, I mean, uh, that, w- that would really... And you haven't one in Atlanta or something like that, right? Or yeah. nearby now. Yeah. Maybe when you were there, Dylan, there wasn't one, but I'm pretty no. sure there wasn't because I remember ordering from Georgia. Now, but man, or, or relocate. We need to relocate Shurkong to wherever there's a right next door to, ask, to, to whatever your main distributor. Wouldn't that be great? I know. I always think about that too. Like every time I have to drive something to the UPS mm-hmm. hub, it's like UPS hub is like in an industrial park. I was like, you know how awesome it would be to have the shop right here? To where you could just like <laughs> drop the shit off or like pick Walk it up. Door. Yeah. yeah, it's so awesome to have. I don't that. think you'd get any work done. All your customers would want you to go up there and get their order. They shipped I you know. last night. <laughs> you wouldn't get anything done. Yeah, that would exactly. be awesome though. So, what are some of this new stuff? You, you mentioned that uh, you guys put in some new stuff on the website as far as tools for customers. Yes, any of that thing yet? we're doing, you know, we, uh, we've really worked hard to expand our, our bag lineup. So we've got a really strong line now of premium bags and accessories, you know, kind of at the top tier, you're looking at Oakley. Uh, we have Adidas, we have Columbia and a lot of these big retail brands, Puma, Champion, the list goes on and on. Um, but we're starting to do videos now, like product videos. So to show that item in 3D and basically you can turn it around and look at it. You'll see a video all the way around, all the features and benefits. And we're starting with Oakley right now and they're putting those together. But it's a really cool tool where to show a, a really good product overview in about 15 seconds on a style. So we're kind of building this cool library up. So that's coming. Um, we've got a lot of sell sheets and stuff. When you go under the resources tab under the, uh, marketing tools, you'll see, we got digital flyers out there. So, you know, if you're a company that doesn't have a large marketing department, uh, we've got some great pre-finished tools there that you can use to send out to your customers and all sorts of things like from, you know, cancer walks, the corporate tool to, you know, hunting and fishing and different lifestyles. And then we have different segments of our catalog in there too, which are really cool. I heard, um, I heard there's a, uh, or everybody knows tie dye is tough to get right now. And I heard independence going to fill that void with a mm-hmm. couple of things you have. Uh, when's that going to be available? Okay, so one of, the, one of the first things they came out with is the PRM 4500TB, like uh, tie-dye, and they're offering in four colors, and it's a real nice 9-ounce 80-20 ring spun uh, hoodie. They're going to make uh, a matching short and a pant available in October, so you can sell sets. 
as everybody's working from home or spending more time at home, tie dyes, pigment dyes, mineral wash are all big categories that give you texture and something unique. And they're they're going to fill all of these voids. Like you're coming out with a hoodie, a short, and a pant, and all of those fabrications. So um, it's really cool uh, to see what they're doing. Um, so that's some of it. Tie-dye in general, let me just speak to that. You know, one of our big suppliers is Dynamite for tie-dye. And they were hit hard with this COVID. It's a manual process. If you can imagine, you got individual people in close proximity making tie-dyes. So mm-hmm. not ideal for COVID. So they've had some big challenges in, in that and trying to get up the line uh, and get stuff, you know, in a market that's extremely hot. So um, I think they'll catch up, but it's just going to take some time. They're really backlogged in there. Are they, are they in Michigan or Ohio or something like that? They're in Ohio. Okay. And, the other thing with tie-dye too to keep in mind is that everybody's buying up the white stock in crew necks, fleece, sweatpants, you know, t-shirts now to do this from home because a lot of people lost their day job and now they're selling things on Etsy to make a living. So you're seeing uh, big outages for long periods of time in white fleece and tees where people are going, how in the hell are you out of white tees? You know what I mean? Or out of white sweatpants. And uh, it's been a definite challenge with the big, uh, you know, push for tie-dye right now. That was one of the things like yesterday I ordered blanks and I think I needed like small and medium white tees. And that was one of the ones that took me like, like 15 minutes to find yeah, white, white and black can be crazy because of PPE. They've been making masks out of that fabric. So if you look at Bella Canvas or you look at Gildan or Hanes, it, they took black and white and they were making masks, you know, for uh, essential well, businesses and uh, healthcare people. And uh, a lot of that inventory got chewed up because they're using all their... They must have used all the 2X, 3X, and 4X because those are like the most impossible things to find right now. Well, here, that's a good thing too, is we're talking the uh, the... I guess per a direction that most mills are taking is they're going to produce basic colors and basic styles, small through two X uh, is their priority. Anything outside of that right now is getting put on the back burner. So once you get to two X and you start going past that really hard to find, and it's going to be very slow to fill in if you're doing long sleeves or, you know, pocket tees, that's considered a, you know, ancillary style as well. So they're really focused on making short sleeve, you know, and basic crew and simple stuff in basic colors. So um, that's part that's going to contribute to the shortages you see going through the end of the year as well. Pretty much what I took from that is that the apparel industry hates fat people. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. It's cool. We'll use that. You were triggered over that one. I was triggered. (laughs) One thing that came out of our meetings that was really interesting as far as sizing goes, and this is just something that I think your uh, audience would like to know, uh, our uh, partner Heens is going to come out with uh, all colors through 5X and the top selling styles. So, you know, they're 5170, they're short sleeve 5050, they're they're Heens tagless, the... uh, Basic crew and basic hood, all colors are going to come through 5X. So they're working on it and they're going to start shipping the tees, I think, in late September and the fleece a little later in the year. So they're actually going the opposite direction to uh, support us uh, in, you know, searching out those uniform accounts right now. The people are outfitting people like a grocery store that would need those sizes on a regular basis. So. I think that's going to be a really smart move in their in their part because uh, that void has been shrinking and now it's going to expand with them getting into this. 
Do you know how you said that the the factories were completely shut down, zero production um, until July? Do you know if they're back to 100% or is it just half? I would say they're at different points. Uh, I would say most of them are probably at, you know, 50, 60% capacity. I don't think anybody's up to 100% yet. Well, it's like what happened with Los Angeles Apparel there. Like they had a bunch of people there and like, what, 300 people in the facility got COVID? Yeah. And it's like, it's a dude, sad story. Oof. Yeah, that was, that was a crazy one. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hard part about, like you were saying about the two X, three X, four X stuff is that a lot of that stuff is usually for somebody specific. Yep. You know what I mean? Like somebody will place an order and they'll be like, okay, I need extra small through four X. And it's always like, I need 50 of this, 20 of this, whatever. But then when you get to like the two X, three X, four X, it's like, I need, you know, seven of this. And it's always for somebody specific. So like when we go to order something, it's like, okay, cool. We have stock in small through extra large. And then I have to find all these like random pieces for the two X, three X, four X. So it's like, that's the hardest part because they're actually for specific people. So the customer is like, I need those four XTs because it's for this dude who's like, and it's always, it's always the huge dude. That's just like, this is, this guy like is our biggest fan and it's like, Oh, you know what's the like, worst is too, is when you have to sub for that one size and you get a different color or whatever from a different brand. And so then that person it stands out from the They're rest. singled out because they have like a lighter shirt. Yeah. That that's the worst. And yeah. what do you do though? You know? Yeah. So, the, know. That's the thing is like, I have to tell the customer, I'm like, like at this point I'm, I'm trying to make sure I'm getting your order out on time and nine times, well, almost every time I'll get them something equivalent or something better. Like I'm trying not to be like, they were, you know, Bella tribal end and I give them a guild in 5,000. Like that's not what I'm doing. Right. Um, it's just hard to find something that's available. Well, that's why I think that'll be very successful for them because I think everybody's in your position where you're working with less people, you got less time to do this job and you want to do it uh, complete and as fast as you can. And I think by them spending the resources to make this easy, I think they're going to see a lot of growth through that. Uh, People are going to make those conversions into their brand just specifically because they have the size rooms. Looking forward to that. Yeah, I like the idea of of having availability to up to five x because that's definitely a challenge when we we only go to three in a, in a certain color and then we have to sub out for those other ones. So that's in the, I think that's a good move for for Haynes to do. Really, mm-hmm. uh, honestly, um, Haynes owns. I found out Haynes owns. Is it Champion? They own yes. a bunch of stuff. Who else? Yeah. What else do they? What else falls under Haynes? They have a lot of different. Uh, under their umbrella, but uh, the ones in our industry are going to be uh, Haynes uh, Champion. They have Comfort Wash, which is part of uh, the Haynes division. They own Alternative. Uh, so those would be the brands that we're supporting from them. Right. Haynes owns Alternative? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is Alternative yeah. fading away or are they, what are they doing? Are they coming? Uh, they're, they're doing well, their big focus uh, right now through next year is they're doing more and more product with organic properties or sustainable fabrics and also uh, recycled poly instead of virgin poly. Uh, so they're really pushing hard on that for 2020. Like a sustainable thing? Yeah, they, they want to go that route and they're, they're working really hard on it right now. That's something that Anvil did too. Uh, I mean, I haven't even said it, the word Anvil for a while though. I don't even know. We haven't bought an Anvil for a while. I remember when we first started, it was always the, the, the Gildan, was it Gildan 5000 or the Anvil 779? 
Mm-hmm. It was like those are the two that like you always got. If one was out, you'd get the other. Who owns Anvil? I'm sorry. Who owns Anvil? Yeah, Anvil's under Gildan. So Gildan, oh. Anvil, Comfort, <laughs> American Apparel, and All Style are under Gildan. Mm. I don't think they own Anvil back then, though. What's like that? Eight. They didn't own Anvil like ten years ago, though, right? No, it was a separate company. Yeah. What are some styles and like uh, cuts and stuff that you guys really like that you don't think a lot of people know about or they should know about? Well, it, it fleece-wise, I love independent. I think, it's, in my opinion, they have the best uh, styling. They've got some of the best fabrics. They can use a lot of their fabrics for, you know, different things. It's just that elevated piece. So, you know, I really like to have an elevated option offer customers because I think yeah. customers – when they first see things, they really don't know what they're getting. Like if, I remember for years where a customer would walk in and say, Hey, I want X, but they've never seen X and they don't know what Y, Z and A are, you know? So um, I like the elevated stuff. So I think independent fleece, I would key in on, uh, especially with the tie dyes, the pigment dyes, the mineral wash, the, you know, they just got a lot of stories to talk about. Um, one of the new brands that we picked up, this one actually came out of Shark Tank and it's called Quick Flip. And Quick oh, Flip yeah. is really cool. We thing. all know who Quick Flip is because he corners you at every trade show. There you go. And he's like, so, check this out. We picked it up and we're, we're going to be an exclusive vendor for them. So uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity on that in our channel. Um, and the main reason is it's a unique product. It's innovative and you can brand the bag or the hoodie. When somebody brands a hoodie and they get hot, they take it off. They put it on the ground. They throw it, you know, wherever they basically aren't wearing it. So you're not getting any advertising with this. So to switch into a bag, you're wearing the bag and it still has a decoration location on it. So I think for the value, it's a great billboard. So the people who don't know it's, it's a hoodie that turns into a backpack. Yes. Yes. And we're going to carry the windbreakers uh, through dropship. Uh, we'll have their price point line called the Hero Light and then also the Hero Collection, which is their core stuff. Um, the other products that we're looking at, you know, Richardson caps are really strong seller for us. Um, we added youth styles. We added, uh, uh, you know, all sorts of colors this year, and it does extremely well in every area of the company. So, you know, I would look to that. You know, sportsman uh, cap and bag, a very good line. If you need PPE for masks, they've got some some of my favorite top sellers in that, like the Mav 20 mask. It's a, um, a louvered mask. It comes in a lot of colors, so people can make it uniquely their own. Bayside uh, uh, has been our go-to mask, the 1900. Is that, yeah. um, is that still the go-to for most people? Or It is. Uh, it's what, a big one. I think everybody's buying a little nicer mask now because they realize they're going to be wearing it daily. So, you know, Bayside, uh, the Mav 20, um, there's so many options we have now, but I, I know those are in my top sellers for, you know, what's weird is that I have both. I have base. And so when I'm, when I drive, I'm driving around, I get, let's say I got to run a target or something. I have both in my car. I've got the Bayside 1900 three ply and it fits better and all that. And I also have some leftover, um, uh, bell canvas you know the single ply that that first mask that was I think are they making had. those still i yes. don't know yep. really they are well i have some left over and i have those in my car like a 50 pack or 100 pack or whatever they came in and you know i reach for that a lot of times because it's just so light i think if it's hot out or whatever 
I know it's a single ply, but the Bayside gets hot and I start to sweat and it's gross, you know? So I just, I choose the, and I, and I didn't like the Bella canvas as much when it first came. I think you know I, that. I think but, there's a reason for that, Andy. And we've talked about this a few times. It's the expectation, you know, of what people, people wanted, they wanted the price point of the Bella canvas. They wanted uh, a mask to look like Bayside and it wasn't available and they needed coverage. And that's what Bella canvas was trying to uh, do. They were trying to bring fast coverage to the marketplace at affordable price because so many people didn't have any coverage at all. So that's what they were doing. But a lot of people were thinking it's something nicer than it was and had this expectation of what it should be. And all of us, I think, felt that way because I felt that way as well that, hey, you know, I want this to be like that. But, you know, I kind of like that price, but I like this construction. And, you know, nobody had a clue what was going to be the standard, you know, right. everybody's standard in their mind is different when it comes to a mask. So it, it's come a long way. I mean, we've got a separate tab on our website called PPE. And if you clicked on that right now, you probably have 50 different options. And every option that came out from those first ones has gotten better, either better design, more colors, more styles, you know, just different looks. And, you know, you can spend 88 cents or you can go up and spend, you know, look at retail right now. I see people spending millions of dollars on some guy. I don't know who he is. Some uh, man in China that owns several businesses had one with diamonds and gold thread in it. So it depends what you're looking for, you know. I feel like Bella Canvas got hit pretty hard from the screen printing community in the beginning with those masks because they were like, oh, these are shit. Like these are just cuts out to t-shirts, whatever. And people were buying them because they needed masks. But you got to think like they were the ones that in the beginning that were like, hey, we're here. Like we made masks, like let's get them out to people so that people are covered. So like you got to give them props for like taking care of people in the beginning with what they had. Like they didn't have, yeah, they didn't have like beautiful straps. They didn't have all this stuff, but they were like, quick and dirty like you know like the medic in the field it's just like hey let's get these on you so that you can like be okay and it's like isn't that a terrible feeling that probably they had when they're like hey we have this idea we can convert our cutters to make masks and we can do i think they were doing like 10 million a day or something Dude, it was crazy. crazy yeah and and so hey we there's 300 and some million americans and we can make 10 million a day right now nobody else can and we'll do that for you and then they they start doing it and they get shit on Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like pe people were getting them and being like, "These are garbage." Or it's like, "Dude, this is all you have right now. Like, it's either this or nothing." So, like, well, and now, now the thing is too with masks is like Bella Canvas came out with the two ply mask, the TT044, and it's like what we all expect it to be. So now they're making one like that, but you had to start somewhere, and it's cool that they had the initiative to do it and make that first step. And it drove everybody else to be doing it too. Bayside did that as well as they came out with, you know, one over the ear and, and really pushed that hard and got everybody moving. So now we have more options. You know, this is going to continue to evolve. You know, we thought masks could be around a few months and it's going to be a stock item in the catalog. Uh, it's going to be that way going forward. I think that you're going to see people buy elevated masks, you know, from here on out, you know, something that fits their personality, their lifestyle, their favorite color, their favorite patterns, whatever they are. So it's going to continue to evolve. But I think you're seeing now everybody buying things that they like in the mask side of things because they know they're going to be wearing one. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of um, 
B2B, you know, like, so they get a, just a small, we always, we never print across the whole mask or anything like that because we don't want to put any adhesive. So we're not using adhesive when we print a mask and, you know, to hold it down. And also I don't want to print on top of somebody's breathe, breathing hole, <laughs> you know, it just seems weird. And so we've always said, and, and centering it has been, a, I think would be a challenge in printing. And so we've always just been offset over here and, and really small. And, uh, and, and that's the only way we'll do it. But we've gotten so many orders from re whether it's restaurants or, um, uh, and it doesn't matter. Like if you're, a, we just did a construction company, you know, and so, and they just offset it over here. And, and, and I kind of like how, uh, I think it's the, like the Bayside comes in a 25 packs, I want to say. And so you have to go, uh, you have to order that many. We won't sell, you know, 101, for example. So we'll just order in 25s. And that's kind of been pretty cool too. Uh, honestly, only when, except for when we mess one up, <laughs> that's not good. Because uh, it happened the other day, we messed two up and we called. Uh, this is why you guys are so great. And that's why it's so important to have a relationship with with your, your a main t-shirt supplier, your vendor, you know, and go, and we go to one, it doesn't matter. It's not always about a penny or a nickel on how much we're spending. It just, I, I you know, sometimes we call you for quotes, but usually we just go online and buy. And uh, what's so great is that we, we messed you up and, and we called in, I think it was one of the ones either we emailed or called and they shipped out, you guys tore into a bag and shipped us two. you know, I mean, that's really cool. And so, um, but I do like how it goes into, it kind of brings me back to the days of buying t-shirts by the dozen, you know, for dozen pricing and all that kind of stuff. What's funny, Dylan? <laughs> Best part is your rep was like, you know what? I'll get any of these too. But then the next guy got fucking 23 masks. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Someone lower on the food chain than you got fucking 23 masks. Okay. Well, hey, like, whoever that is out there, I'm sorry about that one. <laughs> that's, that's my bad. <laughs> Gonna send you a bill. Yeah, <laughs> and then they're like, "Hey, SNS, is there any way you can send us two masks?" And they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> "How many?" I mean, I'm sure that happens all the time. You know, like that's got to be one of the. T I've always thought that that's one of the toughest part, probably, of being a t-shirt distributor is that when you ship out uh, a case of shirts and then somebody calls you and say, "Hey, I'm missing two. And so you've got a, and they're like, man, this sucks. You know, my, I got to print them today or my customers come tomorrow. So you overnight them or whatever you do, you know, out of customer service. And I know you guys weigh the boxes whenever they ship. And so, you know, within a couple, within a probably 0.1 ounce of whether they're in there or not, but you do it anyway, you know, if, if that happens, because sometimes, so we count in every box, right? I know there's some printers that just open and print, but we count in every box. And so we're pretty, we're right most of the time or most of while our counts are wrong. And we're like, Hey, we're missing a shirt when we really have it here. And that happens sometimes. We'll discover it later and shout out and say, Oh, we have, have the shirt here or just forget about it. And we get a free shirt, but you always, always fix it. You know, you're always shipping us uh, just for that relationship. You're always fixing, fixing the problem. And so um, that's important. I think to have, that's why we go to a main vendor is that we just, that relationship, just like a banker or an accountant or your legal is extremely important. This is what we print on. And so, mm -hmm. That's uh, um, that's my that's my two cents. That's my half back, cent. Back to your point on that though, it's it. I've heard that from people. We don't do that. I kind of wish we did, but like I heard that from somebody, some other shop before that it was like a really good tip. That like I said, I'd like to implement at some point is like get in the blanks, check them in, which we do anyway. 
And then, we, you know, we make sure everything's good on that end. And then the person at the end of the dryer checks them out. So then it's like, okay, you know, these are all here. We printed everything. But like you said, it's the weight. Like if you check them all in, you weigh it and then you ship it out under that weight. And the customer, we get it all the time. Every printer gets it where it's like, a you know, a church or some organization who has like five people who are volunteering and like rip through everything. And they're like, we're missing 15 extra larges. And it's like, no, you're not. Like we printed all of them. We know we did. But then what do you say to the customer? You know what I mean? And you're like, uh, it's the same with us. We're like, well, yeah. well, shit, we don't want them to be disappointed. So like, let's, let's give them 15 more. Like we have to print here. them and all that other stuff. Here. But it's like, you would know by the weight when it leaves here, like, and it was checked twice. And that's what you always have to tell the customer is it's like, we know they're here. We checked them in, we printed them. We have no spoilage. Like they're there. What happened is they're probably in another stack with, you know, right next to another size and you thought they were larges when really they were actual larges. And it's like, what we do here is uh, whenever that happens, when they say, Hey, we're missing 15 extra large. Uh, we have a signature and either if, it, if it's in an email, we have a signature or if it's a phone call, we, we have a script. And that is to say kind of what you just said is that, Hey, these shirts are triple checked. And we say triple checked because they're checked at SNS uh, they're checked here when they get here and then they're checked at the end of the dryer, just like you said. So these are, shirts are triple checked and um, they're most likely in that box. So will you do us a favor and just double check on your end just to, just to see if, if you can find them and, uh, and then give us a call back before we say, oh, okay, because ultimately we're going to replace it. It doesn't matter. I know they're there. We know they're there. We're just going to replace them because you want that customer experience to be perfect, you know? And so, uh, well, I forgot the first step. Actually, the first step is is to don't to don't reply to the to the email for two hours. That's the first thing you got to do because usually they find the shirt somewhere. Like, oh, hey, never mind. Just regard that email. I found it. So you don't reply for two hours. Then you come with the those shirts are triple checked. Right, because so, you don't want to hit them with an email immediately. And it's like, no, you're a moron. Like they're in there. They're <laughs> in there somewhere. <laughs> I like that. You start yeah, with no. <laughs> I just hit them hard right off the gate. I, right. I, I bring them down. That's, that's the best way in my opinion to do it. <laughs> um, I like that. We're going to try that next time. Yeah. Just be like, you're an idiot. Uh, try again. And so, then how, so how do you deal with that, Chris? I mean, I'm sure that you have somebody there, probably a skyscraper full of people every day that, that are just answering the phone call of, Hey, I'm missing two shirts out of this box. Yeah, I mean, for the most part, uh, I think they ask people to double check the order too. You know, it's hard on customers. You know, Andy, you probably, what, you get 25, 30 boxes a day. You're looking for two white t-shirts in a bundle that somebody put in there and maybe folded them in half to make them fit nice in the box. And those are in the inside. It's just challenging. And I think, as you both stated that, you know, it's not like we're we're trying to make it difficult on a customer. We would just want them to do the same due diligence we did. Check that order in. Make sure things are right. You know, take the time to do it. Um, and so we try not to make it a bone of contention. You know, to fight over. The, you can win the battle, lose the war with that. And it's just doesn't make any sense. In the end, you're going to fix it. So you might as well you know, try to work together. And as long as you can do it in a positive manner, I think it works good both ways. You know what I mean? Uh, also the customer or the decker in the other end that receives incorrect stuff or maybe somebody else's order, they're going to report it. Mm. So, you know, try to work together. And I think uh, we do a pretty good job at that. I don't hear too many issues where we challenge people about, you know, what was in the box or not in the box, you know. 
There's one more part to that. And that is if you have a customer that's a repeat customer that this happens to you on a regular basis, which sometimes we do, and maybe it's no fault of their own. Like you said, Dylan, maybe they hire volunteers and they're all packing, you know, orders or whatever, but, and that's their system and that system is flawed. Uh, then what we do is we're like, oh man, you know, the past two years we've had an issue with this order. So we'll set it up so that in their profile, it says, hey, let's count it pickup. I don't care if there's 50 shirts or there's five shirts, 50 shirts, 500 shirts, whatever. We're going to count in a pickup. And so when we say and call the customer and we say, hey, your order's ready uh, for pickup, and we'll say, please allow 10 minutes or 15 minutes or whatever, however many shirts they have to, to count your order when you get here. Because not because we don't trust you because you're going to mess it up when, you, when you're counting them at wherever you're going to, but because we don't want, we want to make sure that they're all there. This happened last time and we don't want to inconvenience you to come back here and get stuff reprinted. So we just, when you're here, let's make sure all, that, all the shirts are in the box before you go. So I usually just kick the box off the dock. I knew you were going to have something to say <laughs> about your method. That is really great customer service that everybody can learn from. What we have is we have that dock where it's like head height when the customer walks up and they grab their box. I usually push it to the edge and then just fucking kick it. That's good. And then the box hits the ground and I'm like, well, it's not in my shop anymore. Not my problem. And I shut the door. They were all in the box when I kicked it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever I did my part see ya <laughs> so what is your what's your average day look like now I guess or before COVID and now like if you could um, I would say in general probably prior to COVID you know uh, half a day Monday I'd be out with customers then Tuesday Wednesday Thursday out with customers and then a half a day Friday with customers so most of the time you're outside the office and you're using that half a day on Monday and Friday to fix problems and set your day um, and I think now it's, it's predominantly in, in the office, making lots of phone calls, really touching base with people on a regular basis and, uh, try to help them either, you know, develop new business or think about new business or come back through quotes that they did earlier in the year. It's amazing right now with so many things that people are dealing with, how many quotes they actually won and didn't follow up on because they're so busy. So, you know, I try to spend some time double checking their accounts, making sure they don't have open quotes they didn't follow up on. Um, so, you know, just again, being more of a consultant, not really worried about the day-to-day, -day, you know, sale of a t-shirt, but really trying to help them on big picture stuff. And uh, I've always done that, but I think I'm doing it even more and doing it via phone right now. Okay. Well, what I want to know is, I know this might be good or bad for you, or you're probably not supposed to tell everybody about, but what is like, some good tips and tricks for shops like me and Andy or, you know, any shop where SNS offers, but a lot of people don't know about, not necessarily blank wise, but like incentives or like, you know, obviously you get like shipping at a certain point, or is there other things that like not everybody knows about that they can take advantage of? Yeah, what I would do is, uh, you know, a lot of it's in the, the quoting of jobs, you know, when you're getting around a thousand t-shirts, you know, or so, or 500 fleas, talk to us, communicate what you're working on. Let us know if we can help you with the quote at that point. A lot of people don't know that. So they, they don't know to quote and they'll lose a job just because they didn't know. So I kind of use those parameters. I think those are really helpful. Um, I also think too, as far as samples, you know, if you, if you are working with the rep inside or outside of SNS, 
communicate with them. And if you got a job you want to win, maybe they can help you with a sample here or there to help you land that project. Because, you know, we're all about product development and about business development. Um, again, each order is important, but we're looking for a long range relationship. We're looking to grow that relationship. And sometimes you got to do something outside of the box to help people out uh, in order to further that. So, you know, we do a lot of things like that. So be in touch with your reps. Um, those are a couple things I can think of. Um, trying to think, I, I'm sure there's other ones, but you know, the other thing would be like online tools, make sure to use some of the stuff we're offering for free out there in the marketing side of things. Cause I think most shops that I call on don't have a marketing department. We're very fortunate that we do. Uh, so we develop a lot of things that are free of charge, you know, from custom websites, custom flyers. We have, uh, you know, this product videos, we've got, uh, uh, image library, all of that stuff's free and you can basically drag and pull a logo and stick it on any of it and use it as your own advertising, or you can use it to advertise to your customers. And I think those tools are invaluable. Um, you know, a company like s and they think most of us, most people think of us as a t-shirt company, but we offer so much more. So once they start diving in, I think there's a kind of a disconnect with a lot of uh, decorators on, hey, you know, how do I decorate that Oakley bag? Or how do I decorate that, you know, uh, camp shirt that you have with a pattern? And those are some things that, you know, we have tools online that show you how to do it, or we have a marketing department that might be able to help with dropping a logo, or maybe your rep can help with doing a logo on there to help you out. So there's things that we can do to help you differentiate yourself from your competitors. So um, those are probably the most valuable things that we can offer that, you know, people aren't talking about. Yeah, and I got to give uh, credit to my rep, Michael Cohen, yeah, he's um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, he's my rep, but like, like you were saying about the samples, like yeah. we had this customer that's like a really big customer. It's like, they, you know, they're a huge part of our like cash at, at the end of the year. And, uh, same thing. Like I'll hit up Michael with an email and I'll be like, Hey, this customer really wants to try this shirt, this shirt, this shirt, this shirt and size medium. He's like on it. And like that day he ships, her like, you know, one of each in that size. And that customer's always so excited because like they get those samples like the next day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like, I could be like, all right, let me order them, get them here, send them through the post office, send them out. He's like, no, nope, I'll get it. And it'll come from whatever warehouse is closer right to their door the next day. And that's huge for that customer to be like, holy shit, like they're on it. You know what I mean? Like they were like, I want to show you these shirts and they get them the very next day. So Mm -hmm. I think that's definitely like a huge tip for any printers to take advantage of that. You know, don't go crazy. Don't be like, I need, you know, 10 of this, 10 of this. But like, if it's a couple items, I feel like if you guys can do that, it's really good. Yeah, we look at it as qualified or unqualified samples. You, you know, you can have an initial conversation with a customer. And if they don't know the inside in and outs of that job, it's really hard to offer free samples because they don't know where they're going. So, you know, do your homework, have a conversation with your customer, you know, hey, what are your top three colors? You know, what, what sizes are important for your order? So maybe you're picking a sample they can use in the order. Uh, is this an item you're gonna return or keep? You know, cause there's different ways to address that. Maybe Andy wants this for a showroom. So he wants a tag with the card to put in his showroom after the meeting. And yours is one you're gonna give to your customer and input in the job. 
So the more details you can give to your rep or person of contact at SNS, the better, because we have a lot of different ways to help you, you know, develop your business in that manner. Did you say there's a certain dollar allowance for that, for sampling? Um, like for- I, I, we all have kind of a budget for different things like that, but it, it's, it's not like a big budget, but it's for qualified uh, sampling cases is what I would call it. And we try to help people when they have information, when they don't have information, say, Hey, you know, send me one of every size, you know, that type of stuff. That's really an order in our opinion. So we treat it as an order when it's yes. was, we help with it. I was going to say, I need a sample uh, size large of all of the new independent things. Yeah, we can do it, but it might be a 50% off or something like that. We oh. To be your star because people do that every day so you know we get right i feel like i feel like it's to a degree you just need to be like an honest person you need to like not take advantage of your rep but also like use them when you can right you know what i mean like i said like i i probably only ask for a couple samples a year but it's always for like my my big clients that are like hey like i'm like i need a sample because i'm about to buy like three thousand of this you know what i mean like they've never had it before like this customer, they order, you know, every two, three months, they order like, you know, like 3000 hoodies. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we want to try the difference between an 18500 and a SS 4500. And I'm like, well, let me send you one of each. And, you know, in your size, take them home again, wash them, try them on, see how they fit. Because they're going to spend like $20,000 or more on an order. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's worth sending them a sample. Yeah, and you don't make a mistake in those cases either. If you have a, a account that's very you know, particular about what they're receiving, it's kind of nice to know that before you decorate 500 of them, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So sometimes you'll run into those scenarios too, you know? Hey, so Joanne wanted to ask a question. Uh, Hey, Jojo. Yeah. Yeah. She had a, she had a question. What was it? What would you want to ask you? You need this? Oh. Hey, Joanne. Hey, how's it going? Very good. Thank you. <laughs> so when are we going to go to lunch? Oh, come on. That's, that's the question. <laughs> so it's fun. We can even get beers. We can get beers. Exactly. <laughs> Don't get him in trouble. Bread Co's that calling your fun. name. <laughs> I didn't yeah. hear you. Oh, she said Bread Co is calling no, your name. Co. They don't have beer. <laughs> <laughs> No, we actually do miss that, though. Of course. Yeah. I mean, we do, you guys get, do you guys get an allowance to like take customers out? Um, we have uh, we have a budget to work with customers and it kind of floats. It's, it's based on, you know, what you're doing. You know, be mindful, spend spend money like it's yours. You know, don't be crazy with it. You know, yeah. But to your point about samples, don't be a dick because yeah. we go to lunch. Uh, we've been to lunch. I can't remember how many times, but you know, there's sometimes I buy. Yeah. I really do. I just like, Hey, it's on me. I do that too. Yeah. Because I feel like a piece of shit. If I'm like, um, always, you always have to pay, you know? So that's why, why do and that? I, I, so. think, I think in general customers and, uh, vendor reps are mindful both ways. So I think, you know, it never gets abused, you know, it's never even been questioned. So. Plus I'm appreciative. Like I really do appreciate yeah. everything you do for us. And so, Hey, Chris, here's the lunch is on us. Yeah. So I feel like for me too, like with reps, like, like ink reps or manufacturers or like you saying like SNS or whatever, it's like they, they come to visit me 
they're giving me a bunch of knowledge I didn't have. You know what I mean? They're like, here's the new right. styles, like have some stuff for the rack and all sorts of, I get that's your job. And like, you're doing your job and you're trying to get us to buy more blanks and stuff. But again, it's like, you build a relationship, like you and Andy have been, you know, doing stuff together for a really long time. And it's like, like if we go to lunch, same thing. It's just like, let me, let me do something for you. You know what I mean? I get that you have an allowance for this, but it's just more of like a thank you. Like, Hey, have a beer or, you know, thank you or whatever. So, so this time on this note, this time last year, we were gearing up, I want to say it was in September. We were gearing up for San Diego mm -hmm. and uh, every year. Uh, I think we've only missed one year really since, since we've been open every year. We've been to your, to the SNS event, to the product sh showcase uh, preview or whatever you call it. And so what's, what's going on this year? Obviously probably nothing, but is there a virtual or what, yeah, what? No virtual or not doing anything with that? We just can't get, uh, you know, get that put together with the limitations we have and the risks. So it's just, it's going to be something we have to do down the road once this passes, which is unfortunate. It's a very fun event and it's fun to be around our customers in those types of settings. So. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it, that's why we keep coming back is because you have, there's a, there's other, there's vendors there. It's sort of like a mini little convention, you know, Gildan's there, independent, all these Bella Canvas, everybody's there and you get to see this stuff. And then when, and then when that ends, then you just, we go have fun, you know, wherever, whatever city we're in. And normally it was in Chicago for, for, for a lot of years, but then lately it's been other spots and, and like, sort of like with screen printing, a screen printing show, you know, you get to go out and, and be around other shops and be around, like you said, not, not here, you know, away from, away from the shop. So you can talk about and think about other, yeah, other stuff, bigger picture stuff. Yeah. Network. Yeah. For sure. Back to taking your rep out to lunch. <laughs> do you, you should do that anyway, just because like, I'm trying to help you out here, Chris. All right. <laughs> uh, you should do that anyway, because then he's going to pull fucking three masks out of a bag and screw somebody else over for you because That's you right. traded lunch. That's <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's not just a free lunch. It's not, that's not why you go to SNS or say yes to Chris for a free you're greasing, lunch. You're greasing the wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Slipping him a 20 under the table. Hopefully that helps you out, Chris. Yeah, it will. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you watching any shows? Are you, are you reading anything good right now? Uh, not really reading anything, uh, watching movies on Netflix. I think in the spare time, you know, I try to get outside and do things outside doing a lot of work around the house right now and doing some home remodeling projects. Like we put a deck on our house and we're working on, uh, painting outside and doing some exterior work and, uh, doing a lot of landscaping right now. And then, uh, if I still have energy left, I usually am uh, watching Netflix movies. So, I kind of hit up a movie and then uh, call it a night, try to get to bed early. <laughs> Anything good recently, movie-wise? Um, trying to think the last ones I watched. I don't know. I watch a lot of different things, but sometimes series, sometimes old movies. Like I like Peaky Blinders and different things like that. So I like. I, I like the idea of that show and I like what it's about, but I can't understand a fucking word they say. <laughs> it's you hit the remote and slow him down a little bit. <laughs> you know, if you get your hair cut, like, you'll be able to understand what he's saying. I know. I can't do it. I don't have the ear for, like, strong accents. So, it's that show's ruined for me. 
Yeah, but uh, so I enjoy doing that. And then, uh, you know, we go to a couple local restaurants for pickup, but I really haven't dined out at all since COVID started. So that's really unusual, I think. You know, I know, Andy, you go out a lot and hit up different restaurants and stuff. What's that been like for you? Uh, well, we used to, right? Yeah. Some of the same ones like Katie's and yeah. Louis, but it's so weird. And and we there's actually, uh, since we moved, there's a Katie's within five minutes of our of our house and we can't go. You know, right. I mean, it's, That's it's crazy, but are we can, I guess, you know, and do the curbside, like you said, and we have, um, but these days, and I think a lot of people honestly have just shifted to just eating at home, you know, it yeah. just seems to be, and so it sucks if you don't know how to cook, I guess you're eating right. a lot of microwave stuff, but, um, I remembered something that I, I want to put to rest and oh. that is, uh, Dylan has this really great thing. He, uh, program apparently where he can log in card up his, his shirts, plug in his debit card and he gets 1.5% cash back. And I'm, he says you don't charge him for this. Maybe not you personally, but maybe Michael, maybe is it Michael Cohen? No, SNS has nothing to do with my cash back. Well, I know, I, I know that. I know that. What I'm saying is, is you said, cause like usually it's repriced. Like if you're paying with credit and not uh, ACH. You're screwing Chris over right now because this is a thing that they're probably not supposed to give it. <laughs> no, but but like I just had like I I use a credit card like I pay for everything. I do no terms, so I pay for everything right then and there every time. But I also order like a shitload of stuff, so it got to the point where I was just like, in the beginning, like if you're a smaller printer, like you're paying if you're using your card, they they tack on like a credit card fee for using a credit card. Well, I got to the point where they waived the credit card fee because I was doing so much stuff. Uh oh. So that's what Andy's referring to. But it's probably not something they want for everybody. So it's that or maybe incentive. And it's something that has to be evaluated, you know, because it's it's something that's a real charge. I mean, whether somebody's swiping a card in your business, you're taking that hit when you're doing it in ours, it's the same. So everything's reviewed. You might pay more on per each on your product in order to have that service, especially if it's waived. So it just depends which way you want to go. The price is the same. The cost is the same. It's just how do you want it back? Um, so I think it's all relative, you know? Um, so, you know, it just depends what people I think situation. that's, I think or that's a great point actually, especially now, you know, I think that's a, that's actually a great point because we do the same thing here. So we have some contractors, let's say, or, or partners that, um, their pricing is a hybrid model. It's not contract pricing. It's not retail. It's something maybe in the middle. Right. And we, and, and, and they actually pay with credit cards still. And, you know, and so we're going to lose up to like an unqualified, uh, three, it could be up to 3% off of, uh, off the top of that order. I mean, uh, what could, but, um, what I'm getting at is that it's, it's sort of all relative or maybe it's all customer in a customer basis because, I've chosen, I thought about this the other day, you know, I was like, wow, you know, if they just paid with a check or if they paid, uh, you know, um, with ACH or something like that, we would get 3% of, off this, of this dollar amount, which is pretty big. We would save all that money. But at the same time, they like paying with credit card because they're getting their points just like Dylan likes paying with his credit card. It's convenient for them. They don't have to worry about writing a check or whatever. And so that's, that keeps them coming here. That's one of the things that makes us, uh, uh, why they choose us, you know, not just our customer service, not just the printing, not just whatever. They're choosing us because it's just easy to, 
to pay hassle free. It's a convenience. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to think like if you didn't, there's a lot of companies that are still like old school style companies that just don't take credit cards. And it's like, well, you're limiting yourself on like how many people will come to you because you Mm -hmm. don't offer cards. It's the same with live printing. People are like, Oh, we only take cash. And it's like, well, then you lost like, like a lot of live prints we do. Like, I'd say probably like, 50 50 with like how many people pay cash and how many people pay card. And it's like, you would lose all those other people because you don't take cards. Right. So as I said, for me, it's easier to just accounting wise, keep track of like every day, every time I order shirts, it's done and paid for it's gone. Like I don't owe you any money, like whatever. But like Andy was saying, the card that I'm using, I get 1.5% cash back. So for me, I order all my blanks, all my inks, everything for the business wise. And then at the end of every month, I get a nut back. Like I get a good amount of money back because I'm buying, you know, you know, like I probably spend like, you know, five, six grand a day on just t-shirt blanks. And then it's like your inks and everything else you're using with that card. So at the end of every month, you're getting one and a half back of all that. So for me, that's why it makes sense. But like I said, it's just kind of like, it's a volume thing. It's like, you can't expect somebody in a garage who's ordering like, once or twice a week to be like, Hey, wave all these fees for me and give me all this free stuff. It's like, you have to kind of like be loyal a little bit. You know what I mean? It's like, like I've switched almost all my business over to SNS and it's like their appreciation for that is like, let's take care of you. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I guess it can't be everything. You can't get free shipping. You can't get free or no, you know, repricing on credit card. Uh, you can't be program price like we, or even an incentive program like we are. And so it's, do you get everything? I mean, can we, I don't know, maybe. So I, I get it. You can't have it all. Yeah. What works best for you? Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, Andy, don't you have that ink soft question? I don't. We're gonna have to make one. Chad, Chad, meant, Chad sent it to you. Did he send it to you? Well, he sent it to Dude? us. Oh, will you ask it? Cause I don't, I don't know. No. I didn't see it. So there's an ink soft sponsored question. Cause we, we like ink soft and they, they have a question for us every week. So the question for you, Chris is if you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Mm, interesting. Uh, work wise or personal. Whatever. Yeah. Do you want an extra hour of sleep? Do you want an extra hour of movies? I know you don't want an extra hour of work. <laughs> no, right. extra hour. Uh, I do genealogy for a hobby, so I, I probably will put an extra hour in, in that. I've been doing that for over 25 years. So really? Yeah. So you did that for me, actually, a little bit. You did yeah. that for me a little bit, like on Ancestry. Mm-hmm. What do you get? What do you get out of doing that? I just enjoy it. It's kind of like uh, almost like forensic science, you know, figuring people out where they came from, who the parents were, how far you can go back in your family or help somebody. I help a lot of people and I also do my own research. That's awesome. what, what did you tell me that story about a lady in like Philadelphia or Pittsburgh or something? And she found somebody from Italy or what was it? Poland. Remember uh, yes. I was helping a lady in Poland that had been looking for family members where they came from in Poland for over 30 years. They couldn't find out uh, where they were, what village they were from in Poland. And she lived in Poland and she had people here that still lived, you know, ancestors who lived in the U S and uh, 
I contacted the church in Philadelphia. I wrote them letters. I asked them to look at specific records. Uh, she said that she had checked them. She had talked to people inside the genealogy groups and said that they they had looked and they were looking at indexes, not the original records. So I wrote the church and had asked for a copy of the original records with a transcription and they sent it to me and we found the answer for her. So broke down a brick wall of over, you know, 25 years that she had and she was a native Polish speaker. So when I sent it to her, she knew exactly what it was and it was correct. So it was very interesting because the record was in Polish and they put a transcription where I could kind of understand I knew I had the right record. So it was very cool. So not only do you work for SNS, you're a fucking detective. all right all right that's cool so it's just a fun hobby yeah well hey man we appreciate you coming on and doing this with us you gave us a lot of information that a lot of shops are really looking for right now like i said we me and andy really wanted to take this one with you just because like so many shops right now are like what the hell is going on like why am i having such a hard time getting stuff um, and like I said, we love SNS. They're, they've been super helpful. So we really appreciate you coming on and doing this with us. Well, I was glad to do it. And it's great that you guys are customers and partners. And I'm glad you're doing this uh, podcast to help people out. There's a lot of people that need this information. So I know you have a nice platform to share it. Yeah. We're so doing it too. Appreciate it. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much. Hope to see you soon, uh, whether it's in a Zoom uh, or here. And Joanne, just she just cares about lunch. So, you know. <laughs> Um, that's awesome. She was. <laughs> All right. See you, man. Take Thank care. See you, dude. Yeah. Bye, Andy. Yep. Yeah, this one worked uh, out, even though it was uh, in a unfinished room. I had to mute so many times because my dad's like two rooms over, like doing construction, <laughs> and it's like, wah, wah, like fucking slamming <laughs> shit, and I'm like, mute, mute. I saw a fly land in your nose once too. Dude, right on my nose. <laughs> and I was trying not to, I was trying not to bring attention to it. It was like right here and I was like. That was epic. Next time I'm calling it out, I'm like, did a fly just land in your nose? Just just like that kid fucking like, like a playground. He's like, he's got a fly on his nose. <laughs>